0: You're listening to the podcast version of the Recruit of Talionis Audiobook, Book One in the Talionis series. I'm your narrator, writer, and host, award-winning author CJ Malese. Each week we'll bring you further into the mysterious and dangerous dystopian world of Talionis and Bria's fight for survival. If you haven't been following along with us up until now, be sure to check out the previous episodes. Now, Grab your favorite hot beverage and hold on tight as we dive back in. Chapter 30 Listen up, Unit 6, Sergeant Valerius says. I drop my hands to my side and turn away from Matthias. My drive to become better in hand-to-hand combat has won out over my uncertainty about having Matthias around. He's good at this, whether I like it or not, and he's not the worst teacher. He's been giving Nika pointers as well, but I'm almost positive he has to try harder whenever the two of them spar. She's a natural. We're gonna do pit drills, Sergeant Valerius continues. Hand-to-hand combat in the sand pit. Three minutes for each match. Both recruits keep their rifles if it's a draw. If you pin the other recruit, you keep your rifle and theirs. If you lose, you lose your rifle for the duration of the day. Understood? Sir, yes, sir. Good. Let's go. Matthias touches my elbow and I jump slightly. You've got this. He winks. I'll cheer you on. We march outside to the sand pit and memories of my last time here wash over me. Matthias is saying something to me, but I don't hear him. All I can hear is the sound of Storm crying for me, her reaching for me. Panic throbs through my veins. Where is she? Ari hasn't been able to find her, and I've had very little time to search for her. My worst fear is that Laban made her disappear, like he's done with other recruits who couldn't hack the training. A whistle blows, forcing my attention back to the present. She's somewhere in this city and I'll find her, but first I have to do what I can to survive, and that means staying focused. Sergeant Valerius tells us there will be five sets of recruits in the sandpit at a time. Sparring will begin at the sound of the whistle and end when they hear two short bursts. Nika is one of the first ten he calls in. I watch her for the full time she's in and can't help but be impressed. She moves with fluidity and strength, and when the time is up, she's landed far more blows than she's received, and she has her partner pinned to the ground, the only one of the ten to do so. She exits and makes her way back to where I'm standing. Every soldier she passes congratulates her, tells her she was impressive, and a few pat her on the back. Check it out! She says when she arrives, pointing with her thumb at her back. I've got two rifles. I roll my eyes. She seriously can't be buying into this crap. Nika, for real? Her smile slips and she gives me a sheepish look. Sorry, got into the moment a little too much there. I'm in the third group of ten to enter the pit and the feel of the sand beneath my feet brings the memories back again. Laban screaming in my face, my muscles aching. Storms cries. The whistle blows and I register the sound like I'm far away from it. I'm fighting Griffin and he rushes at me. A moment later, I'm on my back, breath whooshing out of my lungs. Then he's on top of me, pinning my wrists into the sand. Come on, girl, Nika shouts. You've got this, Bria, Matthias says. You know how to get back up. I grit my teeth, bridge my hips, and throw my hands toward them, forcing him to release his grip as he falls forward. I turn my head to the side to keep him from falling onto my face, then grab him around the torso, climb up, pin his left arm, and roll him into the sand. I get to my feet into the attack position as Griffin springs back up. There you go! Matthias shouts. A small grin twitches my lips, and then Griffin attacks again. This time, I stay on my feet turn away, and strike him in the side. The minutes seem to stretch on forever as we grapple with each other, throwing one another into the sand, getting out of holds, and delivering strikes. Griffin is good, but I find I'm able to hold my own better than I expected. Matthias calls out pointers and takes credit every time I do something right, which makes me want to roll my eyes and smile at the same time. By the time the whistle blows, neither Griffin nor I are pinned in the sand. We both get to keep our rifles. I go to the side of the pit and join Nika and Matthias, brushing sand off my clothes. Matthias is called away along with the other cadets who were helping us train, and Nika and I watch on the outskirts of the crowd as the next wave of recruits goes into the pit. Soldiers patrol the perimeter, observing the recruits. Shane and Ari end up in the pit at the same time, though they aren't sparring with each other. Shane is good, and he fights his own opponent, and helps Ari get out of the pins she's in. I want to hate Shane for how easy it is for him to fall into line here and follow every order given, but he's protective of Ari and seems to care about her. The whistle blows, and she comes out without getting pinned. Next time, Willow Pen needs to go in without Malton, Sergeant Valerius says to Corporal Mitts, close to where Nika and I stand. See how she can hold up on her own. Her numbers in PT are... His voice trails off, and I risk a glance back at him. He's staring at his screen, eyebrows drawn together. How are her numbers this high? She's not that good. What do you mean, sir? Corporal Mitz asks. Sergeant Valerius shows him the screen, and Corporal Mitz's eyes widen. Maybe she's better than we thought, sir. The bands are 100% accurate in relaying the recruits' information. Sergeant Valerius doesn't say a word as he puts his screen away, but curiosity pulls at me. Ari isn't very good in PT, but it sounds like her stats say otherwise. I'll have to ask her about it. I enter my room to find Ari on her bed, hunched over her screen as she types ferociously. I toss my dirty uniform in the laundry bin. The recruits who lost their rifles today in the sandpit are responsible for ensuring the rest of our uniforms are clean for tomorrow. Which is one thing I'm not upset about. Earning the respect of the soldiers as they see me around the city with my rifle is a grating experience. But the last thing I want to do after a long day is spend the night with Samta and Presidia as they ridicule everything I do. I can only imagine how they're going to react when they see the amount of sand trapped in everyone's uniforms. I heard Sergeant Valerius say today that your numbers are looking good in PT. Almost too good. I say to Ari as I flop onto my bed. I heard that too. Nika enters and tosses her uniform toward the laundry bin. She leans her two rifles against her bed. Girl, how is that possible? Ari pulls her attention away from the screen to grin at us. Oh, I just go in after each training session and tweak the numbers a bit. Nika and I share a look. How much do you tweak it? Nika asks. Ari shrugs. I try to keep myself near where you and Bria are. My mouth drops open. Now that I've been trying, I'm moving up in my rank among the recruits in PT, and Nika was already near the top in our unit. Ari comes in with the last wave of recruits in every exercise unless she's with Shane in an obstacle course. Then he gets her through faster. No wonder Sergeant Valerius was surprised when he looked at her ranking. What if they catch you? I ask. Ari laughs so hard, tears stream down her face. Nika and I stare at her. She gets herself back under control, shaking her head. You're too funny, Bria. A recruit knocks on our door and retrieves our laundry bin. Once she's gone, Nika shuts the door. Ari, seriously, what if they catch you? Ari's eyes widen. I'm too good for them to catch me. There's no pride in her voice, just an overwhelming amount of certainty. Remember a couple of weeks ago when the alarm went off at 0430 instead of 0400? Sure, I say. Nika nods. That was me. Ari smirks. The soldiers all acted like they gave us that break on purpose, Nika says. She retrieves the rifle that's not hers and begins cleaning it. Ari waves the words away. They thought it was some glitch, but really, I just needed a little more rest. She looks so pleased with herself that I smile. I knew Ari was good at tech, but she's better than I realized. A thought whispers into my mind. But you couldn't do something like set a band to register a recruit as being in one place when they were in another or something like that, could you? Ari snorts. Simple. Give me your band. I remove the halo act band from my wrist and toss it to her. She fiddles with it for a moment, does something on her screen, sets the band on the screen, and then brings it over to me. Now you can decide where they see you. Ari hands me the band. Push this button and this button to set your location, and then you can go wherever you want. The band will think you're wherever you set it to begin with. If you push these two buttons at the same time and then hit this one, she demonstrates, you can adjust your workout and heart rate levels. She grins. I've used that one a couple of times myself. When you want it to track you accurately again, just do this. She shows me a sequence of buttons to push. I shake my head. Impressive. Please don't use that newfound ability to get yourself in trouble. Nika clicks the piece of the gun she just cleaned back into its place. Ari grins and goes back to her bed, picking up the screen. What else can you do on that thing? Nika asks. I thought I wasn't allowed to talk about it in here. You can have a pass tonight. Ari scoots to the edge of her bed. Actually, there's something I found earlier today. Something I wanted to tell you guys about. She's serious now. Almost too serious for Ari. What? You know the bunker drills we've had? Nika and I both nod. Well, they've been bothering me. I don't understand why they have signal blockers down there. I mean, if we're going to be underground for a couple of hours, why can't we use our screens or our bands? I've figured it's one more way for them to control us. Keep us on edge, I say. It's not, Ari says. Nika's movements slow down as she wipes the barrel of the gun. I don't think Citria knows we're here, Ari says. The country the commander is from? Nika asks, setting aside her cloth. Yeah, it's where all the soldiers are from. I broke into a different server than I usually spend time on. The military one. She pauses and Nika and I stare at her, waiting. Teleonis is supposed to be a hidden intel gathering city for Citria, not a training base. Ari taps on her screen and then shows us a file that corroborates what she's telling us. There are communiques with intercepted intel on foreign military powers I don't know anything about, mission notes, and special forces operations, some with names of soldiers I recognize. But Ari's right. There's nothing about America or the survivors of the demise. Or us. Are you sure this is everything? Nika asks after a moment. As far as I can tell, this is everything being sent to and from Citria. And none of it says a word about recruits or a mission to help the survivors of the demise. A few of the bunker drills we've had coincided with an inspection by Citrian delegations. That's why they send us underground. They don't want the Citrians knowing we're here. If Citria's not involved, then why are we here? Nika asks. Ari closes out the file on her screen. I don't know. I hope you're looking forward to continuing the story next week and finding out what happens with Bria and her friends. If you just can't wait, you can purchase the full audiobook wherever audiobooks are sold starting October 6, 2023. If you're on the hunt for other great books, discover more epic, clean, young adult reads on the Read Clean YA with CJ podcast. Recruit of Talionis was written and narrated by CJ Malasi, and I can't wait to continue this journey with you next week.